Welcome to the Andrew Collin Show. I'm your host, Andrew Collin. Um, great show. Old friend. I mean, I don't even know how far we go back. But um, Blair Saki's here. You have a voice on Big Mouth currently, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? <laughs> really? Didn't you post that? I didn't that? know when I was supposed to speak or not. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, I don't. I haven't been on Big Mouth. What um, was it that you posted on Instagram? Recently? Yeah. Uh, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's what I mean. I knew it was with a B. Yeah. Big Mouth would be sick. I love Bob's Burgers, though, if you're listening. Hmm. I wonder if I should start again. No, that was okay. <laughs> Who cares? You might know her from The Simpsons, and he, that's playing Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's going on? Yeah, we were we've been friends since I don't even probably met at open mic most likely in New York City. Yeah, I probably. think we met at No Malice Palace. Oh man, I don't even know if it's still there yet. That Lower East Side place. Yeah. And then you do like literally one minute. I can't believe we would do open mics for like one or two minutes. Like, what was the point of that? And I would be in the bathroom hyping myself up. Is that true? Oh, I'd be so nervous about those things. Oh, yeah, I would get nervous too. You know, my legs shook on stage for the first eight months of comedy. Anthony DeVito says he remembers my legs shaking. I mean, that's a thing too where like mentally you can't get over it. Like you can't. You can't do anything to stop it. Oh, yeah, because you're like, stop legs, and they keep going. If anything, it'll make your legs go more. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> the only way out is through. What a great um, profession we chose. Yeah, we constantly... Every single new show is a constant mindfuck. I've never once been like, okay, now I got it. Like, I still haven't been like that. Like, Or if I feel that way, that's when I do terrible. But It's so funny, too. I, I was talking about this with someone like... I recorded my hour just to submit, not a special, on Thursday. It felt so good about it. It was like one of those things where it just feels like you're flying, where everything's going perfectly. And then, you know, the next night I go up, full bomb. Yeah. Full bomb on like an eight-minute set. And you're like, ah, oh, kill me. It never ends. I think the key there is maybe wait one more day. You know? <laughs> it just had a show scheduled. It wasn't on purpose, you know? I mean... Yeah, you've been at it. A w I mean, we've both been at it now for like 12 years. Now you live I'm out. I'm coming of, up yeah. on 10. 10. Yeah. But you live, you're from out here. I yeah. mean, you look like, a, you know, a poster board uh, for, you know, Orange County or not Orange, whatever. Yeah. yeah Orange County. Yeah, probably. Orange County. Like you look like you've like you're born inside the sand and you just <laughs> crawled out. Yeah. I, I mean, like beach culture was your life wasn't it like growing up out here mm -hmm. well i mean i don't know what it's like super in la surf culture i think there's some in manhattan beach there's like enclaves of malibu and like ventura is like a real surf spot like kind of north of la but i grew up in orange county which is like an hour and a half away from here and that was like very surf my brothers were big surfers and that was just sort of I just wanted to do whatever they did so yeah I was very into surfing for a while what's the feeling you get from do you get that rush because I've surfed some you know and mm. I, oh I know yeah I go front side mostly oh fuck yeah dog <laughs> dude 
I would wear, I'd use one of those foamer boards. Doyle. Know? Is that what it, a Doyle? It's called a Doyle, yeah. And um, in my 20s, I started surfing a lot. I was trying to, you know, find myself or something through the ocean. Sure, You know, sure. through Mahalo or whatever. No, I think that's a good way to go. To, uh, one of the better ways to find yourself is through the ocean. And, and I remember, and it was funny because, like, I, I'm still, like, afraid of sharks and shit. Well, you in know. Florida. Yeah. And that's actually a real thing in Florida. Yeah. It's either- I was going to, like, see all these. I wanted to ask you. I was thinking about this. I see all these videos of just, like, alligators walking around. Do you see a lot of alligators going up? So many alligators. Is that true? Yeah. For you real? Don't, you don't see them in the ocean, but you see them in the river where you would wakeboard. Is that? Yeah. I and mean, then you just still go in the river? Dude, I'm telling you. Well, first of all, Floridians love saying the fish, the shark or the alligator is more afraid of you than you are of it they love saying is that, that true i don't believe it i don't think that's true they look pretty strong you know they why do, are they always talking about like two-year-olds getting eaten in one bite well that's what happens a lot of times like these uh there's always like one kid in the town that got eaten you yeah. know <laughs> and he tried because he tried to swim across yeah and you can't another thing is these things you can't see them. They're like barely, they'll be like have one eye out of the water, like conspicuously, like the same color as the water. It's not like you see like a fin, not a popping out of the water. No, no, they come and they, and they, the cool thing is, is they don't bite you to death. They'll drown you first. They what? pull you down to the bottom and then they'll, I think at some point they might put the body like underneath, like, like a piece of wood down there to keep you drowned it, or they drown you. Are you, you. making this up? No, I can't tell. I'm not. They okay. drown you before they eat. I'd you. rather be eaten first than drown. Yeah. Bite my head off. Bite my fucking head off. Yeah. I don't want to drown. That's one of the worst ways to die is to drown. Yeah. So that's what they do. Cause, Cause it's not quick. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know why they do it. Maybe to preserve the meat. Maybe they like to have it a little more tender down in the water for longer. That's the thing I just don't know about Florida. I mean, the craziest shit comes out of there. But like you don't have a state a state t- income tax. Yeah. And there's nice sun, but you have to deal with the alligators. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, the sharks in California, you got those great whites and shit. I don't know. I always yeah, but feel it's so like, rare. Yeah. It's like not like Florida happens way more. Are there like alligators and crocodiles in Florida? There are some crocs. What's you don't the see difference? The, one has a longer beak. Oh, that's it? Pretty much. Wow. I mean, I think there's probably more to it. They're both pretty like prehistoric creatures, but a crocodile's mouth. Dude, I went surfing in Costa Rica and they have crocodiles that are 20 feet long and they go in the ocean. <clears throat> so you're surfing and you're like yeah I, I i had some runs in costa rica myself surfing <laughs> never knew about the crocodiles <laughs> out there <laughs> never never quite heard word about those no one said anything i didn't see any of those swimming around those 20 footers you never went over to bridge and saw i did go over yeah. the bridge and i did see are we talking about like Hako and Manuel Antonio? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I went over that bridge. <laughs> dude, Hako? Hako. Dude, I went there when I was like 12. I went in college a few times. I almost died. I Twice. Why? Two different ways. All of your childhood and stories are all about you almost dying. Maybe I... Maybe I what happened? Maybe I... Uh, um, maybe I exaggerate. No, maybe I don't think so. I halfway, think you have a lot of good yeah. stories. Well, I went surfing and I went. Um, when you were 12? When I was 12. With in your brothers? Hako. No, with my buddy Jordan. 
You're putting with my buddy Jordan. Jordan Wolf. <laughs> Jordan Wolf. Yeah, dude. He's a, he was vegan. He was vegetarian. He was the oh only vegetarian God. I knew, and his family would make phony bologna sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone made fun of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Phony bologna sandwiches. Yeah. The mom and dad had to be, like, kind of cool to name him that. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't to know. Call them phony, phony baloney. I mean, yeah. that's like a little bit of ingenuity there. He would get whoppers with no meat. You oh, know. God. He uh, he had chinchillas and his like for pets. Oh, that's a weird household. It was a very weird, but I, I he was a pretty good friend. His dad was. They were really in the Buddha. Like before any before oh, sure. all of this shit. Like they already had that like Ari Krishna or whatever the fuck that dude is on the wall. And they're eating phony bologna and phony like bologna. fucking. I've never heard of phony yeah, bologna yeah. in my life as like ascribed to actual fake meat. Yeah, I mean, I think it, they make it fun for the kid because he feels like such a loser for not eating sure, meat. Sure, but but Jordan could surf. Jordan was a pretty good surfer. I'm sure. I'm sure. I got the like. You have that. They're one with the water. So he took me on this trip. I went with him and his vegetarian mom to. Uh, Just you three. I think so. She I, drove your asses to the surf beaches alone? Yeah, she was wow. pretty yeah, she was pretty hardcore. I guess she lived kinda of off the land, so she was you know, she was willing to drive yeah, a Jeep Suzuki or whatever. Yeah. And uh we went Jeep Suzuki. And we went to uh we went to Hako and I remember I only boogie board and I would boogie board. I brought a boogie board like like on the plane. Hilarious. <laughs> you didn't want to like rent one. <laughs> Yeah, I brought my own, you know. Yeah, you're I, like, I need my shred stick, my personal If you don't serve flavor. people that, like, if, so I did a boogie board with no fins, which is just like. You're just having fun out there. What You're just asking to get crushed. So I go out, and it's, well, the first day we go, it's, I'm not kidding. It's like fucking Huge. eight to ten foot yeah. in, yeah, yeah. um. You and Hermosa. my ass going out there. So we go and we find this really cool, like, local guy who's, like, knows the land, you know? He knows the sure, ocean. Sure. And he's like, I'll take you boys out. And we're like, yeah. And, like, I am shitting my pants. I do not want to go out. I see the biggest waves in my life. Like, it's not even, like, a question of, like, so I just pretend to try to paddle out. You know what I mean? I don't even get past the white water, you know? That's the worst spot to be in, like, those huge waves. Dude, it was insane. I would never paddle out in 8 to 10 feet. So I go back in, like, within seconds. I'm like, oh, I tried, bro. Yeah, Thank dude, God. keep Thank going. Thank God you did that. Jordan couldn't even get out, and Jordan was strong, and the guy was like, all right, these kids are fucking losers, you know, yeah. fucking posers. And so that was, and then I, I did get out on, like, a probably a four to six foot day. And I remember I got caught with an outside set and I tried to paddle out, but I have no, no fins. fins. No <laughs> I fins. just got crushed. Remember, no fins. No fins. Always wear fins, dude. No fins. Yeah, wear fins. And I got crushed and I I got stuck under the water and I got I came back up, got crushed again, came back 12, up. Cr- Twelve. Twelve years, years old on a boogie board, no fins. And uh, I was done. I couldn't paddle anymore. And I was just sitting out there in the ocean, just like fucking this little prepubescent kid. And this surfer, like cool ass surfer, was like, just grab my leash. And I was like, oh, there's nothing sexier than that. 
Oh my God. Yeah. You know what? Actually, that happened to me. And it's crazy as young kids, too, because like I was never that good of a swimmer. Yeah. I was never a good swimmer. And I was like getting more and more into surfing. And like I was just never felt super comfortable and it inhibited me. And I remember when we went to Costa Rica a few times, like on these surf trips, because they were like based around my brothers. They classic thing that happened to me my whole life. The Saki Blair Saki story. Come on, pussy. What are you going to say on the beach? I'm like, I haven't surfed in like six years or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I go out there. I'm so Every person that has died has heard. Come on, pussy. Come on, pussy. What are you going to do? You're going to stay on the beach. You're not you... going to jump off that cliff. Pussy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was another thing. Yeah, You're not going to ride jumping. the crocodile. Pussy. The... Yeah. It's like, yeah. What, dude? Like, Get off. Yeah, so yeah. So How much like, cliff jumping I did when I'm deathly afraid of heights. I look back and I'm like, that's insane. I, jumped, I never yeah. wanted to do that one time. I never. was just like, I don't know how to get down. My stepbrother would do a backflip off yeah, of it. I know. And I would jump off it by still grabbing the concrete and slowly. Yeah, me like, too. I yeah. got. I, they definitely pushed me once too, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's cool and nice. Yeah, it's so great. And then Probably I always your feel, leg shake. Yeah, I feel so safe all the time. <laughs> I feel so relaxed going through life. Um, but in the Costa Rica, I got, it was one of those things they like pushed me to go out. Um, haven't been surfing in multiple years by this point and it's big, it's big out there. I'm not comfortable. I'm on a longboard, which is also so hard to navigate in big waves. You can't duck dive. Yeah. It's insane. This is the most surf. This oh, is hilarious. <laughs> no, no. This is, everyone's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Anyways, I'm having a full panic attack. Both my brothers are like on both sides of me. They're like, you just have to go. You That's the only way you can go back in. So I'm just like, okay. And I finally, because you know that thing where you paddle and then you bail at the last second at the at the lip of the wave? Yes. And you don't go down and you're like almost putting yourself in a worse position. So finally, I'm just like, all right, I got to go. Catch the wave of my life. Oh, wow. And then I just went back in. I mean, that's a great... But I couldn't believe it that yeah, I, like... That's a good lesson. Though. It was insane. Yeah, that is a good lesson. You just got to go for it, I guess. If well, the problem is with a longboard, too. Like, if you go straight and not down the side, you fucking nosedive. And you're dead, yeah. And the other problem, too, is if you don't commit, you're still going to get fucked up. Yes. So you might as well commit. It's like... Know? It's so funny. It's like... It's like with animals or something. Like, it's like it can feel you not do it powerfully you know yes, and yes. it'll like work your ass yeah the ocean fucking i was just literally watching um uh that 100 foot wave documentary i couldn't watch it oh dude it I scares mean, me too Nazar much nazareth or that whatever. guy yeah because my, my brother just ran a 100 mile race and I said that to him, and he's like, it's different, Blair, that guy. Uh. And I was like, you're both psychotic, though, is the message here. A 100-mile race. Yeah. We're in the desert? Um, it was actually in Central California, but he was running for 27 hours. This was like two weeks ago. His ankles just uh, swelling, just went down. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like yeah, typical he, RJ, dude. It is RJ. It's just <laughs> typical RJ. But his tracker went off at 24 hours. And we all regret like not going. Yeah. We're like, we all should have been there. That's like psycho. Like what if something happened, you know, but his tracker went out at 24 hours. Um, and we were all like the last three hours were like sketchy as hell. We like didn't oh. even know if he was OK. I was like, it was a Saturday night and I was like going up at the store and I was like checking the tracker, like freaked out. And I like when I got a message that he was OK, I like got teary. How many how how much are you checking this? I mean, a, 
a day race and you expect me to check the tracker it's a little self you know it's crazy that you could check it throughout the day you know no, like, oh. are you kidding we were all so into it like really? we we're all so into it and then just wanting to make sure he was okay and yeah also just that's four marathons like in it's, one it's like crazy and he placed eighth out of um I think like 45 or something. It was crazy. I mean, these guys, you know, they're all inspired by like David Goggins and shit. Like, it's like such a thing now. Like a marathon isn't enough. You know, it's like. I don't understand it. I really will never understand it. But does he feel like does he tell you what he feels afterwards? Like a like a calming or like a feeling of achievement that he just can't feel in regular life? He's just like a freak athlete and likes pushing himself. Like my whole family's kind of like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you did that right when you like with volleyball back in the day. I mean, yes, it's but it's like that's a sport. It's like not nearly the same thing as just like this psychotic. Yes, man versus like nature and but like, also just sort of almost insurmountable like tasks that you're putting yourself through. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, the reasoning for it, other than just like you just have to constantly keep one upping yourself. Yeah, he likes that. He <laughs> says it's his passion. We're all like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. He's gonna do another one. He's doing more. He's not stopping. I think they get it. it's an addiction. I mean, it sounds like an addiction. It sounds <laughs> like the, uh, and I don't know how positive it is. Like, I think at some point you're running until your body's breaking down and it's not gonna recover well. He feels, he says he feels fine, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like a gonna... week before he got, um, he was out training and like, you know, he's doing these trails and he has all these like crazy technology and he has to put like a chip on him so that his wife can find him in case his cell phone serve. I mean, all this crazy shit. And he got bitten by a tick and had to go like the emergency room at like midnight because he was like training after the kids went to bed. It's just like crazy. I mean... I, you know, I've said it, I think on the last past podcast that I was like training for a half marathon. And uh -huh. when you hear someone describe their brother running a hundred miles, it's so funny. Cause I just ran three today and I was like, yeah, it's oh. gnarly. It's so, yeah, it's just so funny to put it in perspective, but also like the old me would be in comparison with that and be like, dude, fuck, I ain't nothing, you know, but it's like, no, no it's still hard, you know, you eat whatever, you know, you get in touch with also like what you actually want to do versus like stupid competition yeah. like that or like things that you feel like you should do. Like I walked nine miles on Thursday because I like to walk for my exercise and I was thinking like my hips and like my shins and stuff. I was like, ow, this hurt. And I was just thinking about him the whole time. I was like, all I did was walk. It could be motivating. I saw a guy on TikTok. He takes you through the whole 100 mile. He runs in the middle of the night. He'll run through the night with just a little nightlight um, on. Yeah, my brother was a headlamp. <laughs> and the guy has starts having visions and stuff. And yeah, it's, it is. You, yeah, I could. For some reason, I could take that and then internalize it and motivate me to run three miles yeah but then if i see like someone in my own field doing like an hour and a half set and crushing and like having a million views i'll be like I, my fucking comedy you know like i <laughs> first of all yeah. i don't think anyone should be doing an hour and a half well sets. you know what i mean you no know one even I mean, wants to watch an hour i don't think anyone should do longer than 45 our attention spans have been so shot by instagram and tiktok and screens like, no one could even sit through an hour. I guess on Netflix, they say, like, most specials, no one watches past 15 minutes. 
And then they'll watch it in chunks of 15 minute chunks. No, oh. they just only watch the first 15 Jesus. minutes. I actually, uh, Jesselnick told me that he's like, you know, the first 15 minutes of any special need to be like unbelievable. Yes, yeah. because most people don't watch past that. Yeah. Even doesn't matter who it is. It would be funny at like the 14 minute, 55 second mark. You go, don't fuck it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just talk to funny. camera. Talk to camera every 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. If you get a Netflix special, you should definitely do that because that would really make me yeah, laugh. Yeah, that would be funny. What, um, so you're gr you grow up in Orange County. Oh, by the way, the other way I died in Costa Rica, I ate, everyone got like, because they were vegetarian, so they ate like whatever, <laughs> like vegetarian shit. Beans and rice and stuff. And they forgot my order. And so I ordered a chicken burrito and they brought it out. And because I didn't get my order, I felt bad making everyone, you know, wait. And so they brought me and I swear to God, they didn't cook the chicken and mm -hmm. I didn't say anything i just ate well, the 12. raw chicken yeah you're in sixth grade seventh grade i think i got salmonella because your boy was fucked was up fucked up yeah yeah anyhow um my brother my other brother um i don't know you know some people just have this blood i'm sure you're familiar with this with living in florida but he got attacked by mosquitoes like in the night or whatever and his back was unlike anything I've ever seen. The entire thing was covered with like Where? 50 welts. And he he was so sick in Costa Rica. Oh. The same trip. And we had to go to like some pharmacy where they had to give him a bunch of shots because he was like fucked up. I mean, the nature will get you. You go to these other countries and then also you don't get the medical care. And, and they have giant, you know, yeah. like they have prehistoric insects there. Yeah, it's crazy. I would get really scared of like all the iguanas and like the snakes. I hate snakes. I don't mind iguanas. Yeah, I don't mind an iguana. I mind a snake for sure. I don't fuck with snakes. I don't fuck with a snake, no matter what. A we nice a, one. We had a snake growing up. Ew. My older brother got his boa constrictor. No, yeah. a boa constrictor. Bro, this thing. Uh, Why did oh, your no, parents Burmese allow python. that? It was a Burmese no, python. No, yeah. no, yeah, no. In I'm the not, house. I wouldn't live there. They get to the twenty there. feet. No, I wouldn't yeah. live there. I'm not okay with we that. We would feed it like little fucking rats and mice. And I'd be like, oh my God, like what is, why, what are we doing here? And it would be like near the kitchen, just a snake just sitting there. And um, I, I can't deal with that. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. Our neighbor to you. shot a bullet. I'm not even kidding. He was this little drug dealer kid and it <laughs> went into the snake tank. I'm not even, it like cracked the snake tank, a bullet. I mean, is that not the most Florida shit ever? And then, um, I, I'm stunned right now. Yeah. I'm even more stunned right now than when I found out that you got arrested for jet skiing in the Manatee Zone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to do shows in Florida. Uh, May 10th, May 11th, Florida, Orlando improv, Tampa improv. Hell Come yeah. on out. Yeah, dude. Florida is just like, but you don't even think you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Bullet through the snake tank. Like I never even thought about it until like later in life. Of I like, just can't believe that. Yeah. I can't believe you lived with a python in your home. It I died pretty out. young. It didn't really make it that long. I, I would have been emancipated. I mean, a lot of them people just let them go, and that's how they end up. Like I can't do. I can't deal with. I couldn't live in Florida. No, I can't deal. Just the no. There's things out here, though. You got coyotes and, and bears. There's Yeah, but I was just at my parents' house on Sunday, and we saw two. They're everywhere. But coyotes they, or bears? Yeah, coyotes, no bears. <laughs> um, but 
I don't find them scary at all. They don't come towards humans. Yeah. And they're small. They look like small, sick dogs. They're not big. No, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they do. They look like, like, I don't know, nothing's healthy about them except their teeth. You know, I don't know what it is like. The, like their head is always like very they have no like fat on their body. Yeah, but they're they're small and yeah. they don't they don't go after humans. No, no. Maybe 10 of them would. I guess you got to watch out for the packs. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't like packs of anything. Nothing. No, I don't like packs of teenagers. Oh, I don't like a pack of teenagers. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I walked by some the other day and it's just like. You could feel the judgment. You know? I didn't like the I didn't like the packs of teenagers when I was a teenager. Oh, never. And I would just, you know, it's I would just like, yeah, know. make them back up the whole pack. I mean, Maybe I never you light felt a stick on fire. And you <laughs> <laughs> I never felt threatened, but you know, I just don't like the vibe. Like even when I'm walking anywhere and anywhere as a woman, I don't like a pack of men anywhere. Did you get bullied at all as a kid? No. no. I mean, I got, there were times I got bullied, but I was always a popular kid. Yeah. I was never like, so I, I was like protecting people from bullies a lot of times. Gotcha. And you had your brothers. Yeah. So. And I always had my brothers at every school. So no one would mess with me either. Yeah. There's always. Did like, you have that? Uh, I was popular, but going to the Christian school, I always like got, oh, got shit. Anti-Semitic? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's I've so gross. I probably talked about it too much on here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. It was gross. It but was we gross. also were in a, such a different time. Not yeah. that that shit doesn't happen now, but it was in such a different... Like, I just remember, like, how different things were even when we were growing up. Especially, like, for me, not the same as experience anti-Semitism no. in any way. But I just remember how Someone extreme... made fun of your skateboard. <laughs> 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 um no just like a, a thing i really remember is like the focus on everyone's body so much like as a a teenager at that time in orange county and like just in the media with like us super skinny girls and people like it was just an obsession with people's bodies and like being thin i can't imagine having to fucking put a bikini on as a like a girl that's just going through puberty and you're like a little bit like awkward and you don't even know your own body and next thing you know you have to put on clothing that shows everything yeah with like old fucking dads at the pool just i don't know it, it sounds like fucking hell it was hell and also like horrible it was just horrible like i was always like super athletic and i just wasn't like a stick thin girl but nothing was wrong with my body yeah and i just learned to like hate it so intensely which i just look back and think is so sad because like i my body could do so many amazing things that it, though these girls couldn't do you know mm -hmm. and to feel bad about it is like for no reason it's so sad and like the obsession that it took in my mind but but that was also because people were commenting on it constantly what would they say like you look like a gymnast or like oh, yeah gymnast yeah, which cleaner. to me yeah stuff like that which yeah. to me at that time was like considered such an insult instead of being like a there was bad no, bitch like you, athlete because the athletes just like women athletes like you know there's that famous remember the soccer player and you know a chastain or something where she scored that goal mia she, ham. was it mia ham? i thought there was another woman took who shirt took off. her shirt off i think that was mia ham why do i feel like it was but whatever point being and she was like really jacked and fucking i just remember like 
when I was a kid, I don't remember like any jacked like athlete women other than gymnasts, which were like they weren't like whatever. Like you couldn't really relate to that either. I mean, there were t there were millions of female athletes that were like that, but they just weren't considered hot. Yeah, okay. like it didn't. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It didn't happen until like the last ten years, where like athletic chicks started to be viewed as hot, or even bigger women. Mm -hmm. Like now, I there's so many bigger women and curvy women and different body types and plus size women who are so sexy and hot yeah. and like. Yeah, that's just a whole different world than it was back then. So when you're a kid and people are like talking shit, like. You definitely internalize that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. I always dress like I do now. Like I don't dress any differently now. Uh, mm. I mean, once in a while. Look, if you, I will pull it up when uh, I like go a on a date yeah. with like a banker or whatever. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, it was just I would dress fully, sort of covered, like sort of like a skater. Whatever, but then at the same time was wearing these teeny tiny bikinis. <laughs> yeah, so it was like. One but besides that, I was like usually always covered up, you know. I mean, it's got to be tough to go to two different extremes. Con like you're constantly either covered up or you're showing it. Like there's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it would have been nice for you to wear like a one piece with like some board shorts to gain to get your, you know, like to work your way in. Like, but that like wasn't wheels. cool, you know. Yeah. And but I was always like dieting and stuff, like even so young from like the youngest age and like would feel get obsessing about like thing. I mean, I didn't have a. Wait one second. Oh, so but, yeah, so you were. But then I got to some, college, like yeah. when I got to like UCLA and I was around all those athletes and I was getting like a lot of positive uh, reinforcement. And I was like, oh, these people are just from all over different places where they don't have the same obsession with being stick thin as Orange County. Yeah. I mean, I think. You grew up too, like literally the TV show The OC was on. Yeah. You had Laguna Beach. Yeah. You had all these like skinny girls from literally your where you're from yeah. becoming famous before any kind of social media. They were <clears throat> like everything. Yeah, I went then. to freshman year. I was in class with Kristen Cavallari and then she transferred to Laguna. But it was hilarious because she had just moved from chicago right before she went to my school and i was like oh it's so funny pick like <laughs> positioning her as like this lifelong beach kid yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm surprised you never it would have been it'd be so funny if your life mission is be like she's from the midwest it's all well now she lives in nashville isn't that funny like how yeah. beach people they're like they're like they're not from here <laughs> oh, dude beach people yeah, well, it's also funny, though, when you move to the beach and you take on the beach persona. But when you grow up near the beach, it's kind of like you don't even it's just in you. You don't really even think about the beach, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's funny when people move to Florida and next they buy a Tommy behind. They buy like this, <laughs> <laughs> like the whole starter kit. Yeah, but there's good and bad things about each place because like. I remember, I mean, obviously it's such a beautiful place to grow up and to be near a beach is like a crazy 
you know, privilege experience. Yeah. But um, I didn't quite grow up around any celebration of culture or arts in any way. Yeah. <laughs> like I would always, you know, there's things missing from those places too. Yeah. I think there was like one like weird lady who would draw like seashells. I'm like, there's the art. That's it. That, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but I, I was always just like, I, in my head, I was, I was like, oh, New York's it. There's like the smart people, like all the, you know, everything's there. Oh, I've always felt dumb compared to, like, especially in New York. Like, I always felt a little slower. Like, I have to like lean into being from Florida, you know, even really? though my dad's from New York, you know, my oh. dad's from Queens and my mom's from Chicago. So we yeah. were like first generation. Are you, how many generations California are you? Uh, my dad grew up in New Jersey and my uh, yeah. mom grew up in Palos Verdes. <laughs> oh, Palos Verdes, dude. Yeah. What, um, you, it was funny you sent me, I don't know if you want to, but like dating in LA, uh -huh. you wrote me that you were going to go on 40 dates. Oh, 30. 30, my bad. Yeah, 30, 40 is too much. By, by 30, you mean 30 total dates or yeah, 30, 30 different guys? Uh, I didn't really distinguish that 30 dates, I think in 2023 <laughs> and obviously if I meet the person before then, I'm not going to continue just to continue the challenge, but I haven't been, it's crazy cause I'm so busy, but yeah, I got to really focus on it. Cause like I am just ready to meet my life partner. How did you pick 30? Like, what's the number? Is there a reason for that? Is it like 70 miles less than RJ ran? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like people usually say 50, and I was like, that's too many. Yeah. yeah. I can't do that. That that doesn't feel feasible for me. So we're in May. It's May 3rd or whatever. Oh, okay. Thanks for bringing it up. What, what number are you at? I don't want to say because uh, so, it's so, not that many. So five. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine though. I, think I have a marker, yeah. but I gotta really pick up the clip. I yeah, I was supposed to go on a date tonight, but the guy kept trying to schedule a phone call before, and I was like, I can't do a pre-date before like the, all this back and forth about a call before when we're already talking about the date. It's like it's too much. It's like what does he want from that? He wants like credentials where you went to school. Like it feels very formal. It like takes away all of, like the romance from it. Yeah, I mean, look the app. The, it's difficult to cultivate romance because it's just like not an organic thing. And for me, I'm like so introverted. Me even going on these dates is so far out of my comfort zone. But I realized I am not going to marry a comedian. Yeah. Uh, took me a bit to realize that, to decide that. Um, <laughs> and so the only way I'm going to meet this person is by going out and meeting guys not in comedy. So when you go and you've been dating comedians over the past whatever years and you realize it's not for you and then you meet like a finance guy or you meet, you know, a uh, real estate, whatever, like or just a t whatever it is. Do you find yourself comparing to the comedian guys that you dated? Do you find it like boring or do you find it like that you don't have enough in common? Like, is it hard? Like, it's got to be tough to, like, relate to them, right? I don't know. No, it's not. It's not like, you know, I my therapist made me write a really sincere profile that I would have never written and actually send it to her, which was horrifying. Um, but I, I would, it basically said... Oh, like said, on the dating site? Yeah, like okay. on, on the yeah. app. And 
I wrote a really sincere profile about like what I'm looking for. This is what I'm like. This is what I want, you know, whatever. And so I've only matched with really good people. Like the dates I've been on have only been, I've never had a bad um, hinge date. Unlike some, like everyone else I know, they've all been super nice. I just haven't met the the right guy yet. But with the comedians, it is hard because like, you know, I think it was like, I just said, swore off dating comedians multiple boyfriends ago and then continued after I had made that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had, I think, three long-term relationships with comics now. And, like, I, you know, the, it's hard because that chemistry is just innately there, you know? Yeah. Conversation flows. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah. funny and charismatic and yeah. smart. And you, they understand your lifestyle and all this stuff. But now, like, the truth is, I I mean, I've had to do a lot of therapy and stuff uh, to feel comfortable to think that I'm at this place in life. But I'm very family-oriented. I want to have a family. I want to have a husband who wants the same things as me and, um, like, is really excited about that. And, yeah. like, comedians just really aren't in that place, you know? I mean, that's awesome that you can put your like you can literally put out what you want and write it like in a sincere way where you don't have to like button it up with a joke. And you're like, no, this is like really what I I, I'm, I don't want to waste anyone's time. You know what I mean? And then you eliminate a lot of dickheads. That oh, that's what I want, yeah. too. I, w I want to weed out yeah. all the guys that don't want what I want. Like, if it says they don't want kids, like, I swipe left because, like, I know that's definitely something I really want. Um, but, yeah, there's also another thing. I I just want to feel like a regular person yeah. with the person I date. Like, you know, I don't want to be constantly talking about comedy with my partner and yeah, I, that's what I, I mean. I love being with Brenna, who's been on this podcast a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's like the farthest that she it's the farthest from what she wants to do. Like, she's literally, <laughs> like going to esthetician school. Yeah. She just started like yesterday. And like, I'm so happy for her. And like, and it's like such a passion. It's such a fun like granted, there could be a social media aspect of trying to get new clients and stuff like that. Totally. But other than that, it's literally like. You come in, it's a service, I'm helping your face. You know, like, I don't know. There's just something so, like... Um, it's sweet. It's like a... Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's being of service to others. It's There's, like, a healing aspect to it. I also think it's so nice, like... I mean, you were in St. Louis for a while and then in New York. So, while I was here and I've known you for so long, it's very sweet to see you with a, like, with a, yeah. a long-term girlfriend that you're very happy with. Yeah, it's because um, I knew you before for so long. I know. I don't think I was ever like a player per se, no. but like I just like I was almost like asexual. Yeah, I, I feel like as a comedian, too, I just didn't value my myself enough to feel like I could or had enough money to feel like I could date anyone. I just constantly like, yeah, it's really hard to feel good about yourself. I was so broke for so long. Yeah, it, it innately affects your self-esteem and makes you feel like you're not in a solid place enough to date as an adult. Yeah. Again, so, I know guys feel that even more I than mean, yeah, you, women. You, the idea to provide. Yeah. You know, you got to provide. That's all you hear as a guy. You got to provide. You got to be able to fucking build a fire, build a tent, yeah. build a car. Gotta, I really want a yeah. provider man and not 
not that I'm not don't want to make my own money because I fully plan on doing that but that mentality is what I'm looking for because I think a lot now in this day and age like men are kind of pussies a lot of times (laughs) like they want you to do everything for them yeah you know they want you to plan the date they want you to cook for them they want you to like do everything it's like it's too much yeah you gotta take yeah i like when men are like this is where we're going i'm picking you up here like i want to feel like i already have such like a masculine job i want to feel like just like a dainty woman in my relationship i wonder like i guess you have to ask for that you know when you're on like you have to like verbalize that to somebody i i don't think so i think i just just they should be innately no no i think i just don't because i don't want to try and change someone i think i just only go forward with someone who's naturally like that So, so are any of these like dates like notable stories or like do you what usually happens when you go on a first date is it just like your typical you go to dinner or do you just do drinks or do you well a lot of these guys because they're nice good men offer dinner and i learned from one particular (laughs) date that if you don't know the person a dinner is too much of commitment like should just be a drink for the first so that you can be in and out in 45 minutes because you're just meeting to see if you know you have enough there's enough there to sit through a two-hour dinner yeah you know because i did go on one date that i was under the impression was drinks and he was under the impression because i think he was like a gentleman that he wanted to like buy dinner and it was a tapas place and it ended up being three hours and i had one night home from the road Mm -hmm. I'm trying to travel less just so that I can meet this person. And I was so exhausted and I kept looking at the server at 90 minutes and not because it wasn't a super nice guy. I I knew we weren't going to have a second date. He was lovely, very sweet. But I was like, three hours is just too gnarly. I was exhausted and I couldn't get out of it. I mean, how, yeah, I guess it's so difficult. Like I, I would sit there for another 10 hours if the other person didn't want to leave because of being like a people pleaser. And next thing you know, you're like, then they get the wrong idea. They're like, well, you sat there for three hours. How could you not be into me? And it's like, well, I was just being nice. But yeah. it's such a difficult like uh, dance to get out of there. That's something yeah. I've really worked on to stop being a people pleaser. Well, I have to really like say I'd like to go now or things like that that are really hard. Another one I'm coming up against. I had no idea because I've never done this app thing. It's never really something that anyone wants to do. You know, you always hope you're going to meet that someone organically, you know, and it's easier when you're younger because you're not like thinking so much about the future and what you need and all these things. You're around people more. Yeah, you're out all the time. Like I'm never out because I'm out for my job all the time. So I guess I'm always out, but never out, you know, and Andrew, these guys all kiss me on the first date. Oh. And I don't like that because it's not that they're not a super nice guy, but in my head, what I'm thinking is I barely know this person. This is just a meeting to see we're complete strangers. Like, I don't want to kiss someone after an hour. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. It's too too fast yeah i don't know yeah i wonder i wonder how you can stop it before it happens yeah because it's not like sex where you can be like 
oh, I definitely have no interest in that or whatever. It's someone is like making a gesture and I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So you you kiss. You probably usually do the kiss. I do, but each time I've been so caught off guard that I haven't even seen it coming because I don't think in my head, I'm like, we're strangers. We don't even know each other. Do you do a full kiss? Like, like I've been uh, at times, whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. Not like a tongue, but like each time I've been so caught off guard. And then, yeah, I don't know what to... And then you go, I don't want to do a second date. And it's like, well, you kid, you know, no, it's, it's like... No, it's not our, that. Yeah. It's not like I wouldn't not... I would have not not gone on a second date because of that if I liked them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying as the guy, they probably assume they're getting a second date after a kiss. I mean, also, it's like, it's a little... I don't know. Yeah, you got to... I think as a guy, whatever, you're told, like, you got to be aggressive, but you also have to be a gentleman, and then, like, and I think that's going away more, the whole aggressive thing, obviously, the farther we get along in this, but, you know, they tell you, just go in for the kiss. On just a first in. date. I know. For Because in my mind, you know, it's different than when you're at a, you're at a house party with your friends and you randomly meet someone and there's just crazy chemistry you decide to go out there's already chemistry before you go and you kiss or something that's totally natural for me this is like i'm going on a date (laughs) with a drink date at like 7 or 8 p.m for an hour with a complete stranger and i'm just not ready for that you know Like this, I've never met this person from Adam. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's weird. That's a weird thing that I've been having to deal with. Have you ever had chemistry after the kiss that you didn't realize was there before the kiss or no? That's like a. Um, it's like none of the kisses have been bad or anything like that. It's just like, I'm not dating from that lens right now. I'm like dating to see like, um, you know, chemistry. I've only dated off chemistry up until this point. Yeah, yeah. And that is what I've learned, not what is a sustainable, compatible, like means you're compatible. Obviously, you need chemistry, but like you can't just be going off. Yeah, that. you can't be like with a matchmaker and they're like, all right, let's go through the list of what you see in a man. And you're like, uh, I just like him to do like a backflip and be able to chug a beer and, like, <laughs> and giggle some, you know, like, yeah. no, it's like, there's gotta be a, like a very like adult list of things that you want and you need. And I don't know. I think that puts pressure. Some, I like for me, that would put like maybe a little bit of pressure on like almost maybe not being too picky, but you know, overanalyzing before even getting to maybe the fourth date where, oh, this is who this person is, you know, because the whole time it's an act kind of at first. So maybe you're getting rid of something before you even have time to see if it's right. Oh, no, that's a big problem with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on that. My therapist tells me that every week. I'm working on that. Like I've I've had, but I'm just, I keep trying to just open up, open up, open up, you know? No, it's sick. I mean, that's not even, but it's a big, it's a big thing for me. Cause like, I never thought I was going to like the, even the idea that I had to put effort into go finding a partner is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's work. It's a full-time fucking job. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So we do a, a segment called like topical tropical. Uh-huh. Where I talk about some topical things in the news, and I'll look through Google News. Oh, cool! Google News, huh? The problem is, is there really isn't shit in the news right now. Like, it's like, oh, what am I going to talk about? 
uh, Putin, uh, two drones from Ukraine went into Putin's, like into the palace recently and tried to kill him. Whoa. But they were like such little bitch ass drones. (laughs) Wait, Andrew. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that like all the stuff you've seen in movies, like growing up about like the future and like space and like technology is sort of feeling like it's like oddly coming true at this yeah, moment can we like stop? everyone's like so like ai is an actual threat to artists like replacing and like large corporations conglomerates are like all merging so that there's like four companies in the whole world and they're like yeah we're just gonna remove like human labor completely i mean i hope they give us some stipends you know yeah and then the guy that like was one of the major ai developers at google is like saying we need to stop this we're in danger and everyone's just like not listening to him and he's resigned because of that it's like when i ate that chicken burrito and it wasn't cooked yes yeah, totally and everything same. was telling me to stop but i yeah. was like nah dude i'm gonna keep going it won't hurt me yeah except for the difference is this guy actually said something <laughs> yeah and, he, <laughs> and he's a little smarter than a 12 year old boogie boarder with no fins can't believe you went in with no fins, damn. Dude, that was wild. It's fucking a going death No sentence. fins is like doing AI no with fucking... Dude, so yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, we... Yeah, I, it, it's so... Every day you hear something new, like, now they've learned to fucking, you know, pick locks. Now you've yeah. now you've learned to fucking write... They could write every language for you. Now you learn they could do all your editing for you. Now you've learned they're fucking your wife. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Well, with the writer's strike, they yeah. put that, which I think is so cool. I mean, I'm not WGA, but, you know, all our friends are. And um, they what I think was cool is they uh, published their proposal and then alongside said, you know, the studio's responses. And one of the main things about the strike is trying to put protections and sanctions in place for AI writing scripts and the studio's response to that specific point was complete refusal of that and said we are their counter was an annual meeting to discuss technology <laughs> yeah a meeting i mean it, it's gonna be animated like all those shows like law and order or like anything that's like very repeatable formulaic yeah so they'll have one probably per like 95 percent of it will be ai and then like they'll hire one person to like well that's if the strike that. doesn't go because they're trying to ensure um a certain amount of people and rooms for each show which i think is so smart because i mean the truth is they're trying to automate art and like that's just not going to work without soul like it's all going to be dog shit if they do that all every movie and tv show will be fucking terrible if they do that but i guess the argument is is that 98 percent of it's already terrible so it's like it's gonna be worse and those make money maybe i mean i guess but i mean i'm sure there's some lifetime movies i could use a robot's touch <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But who gives a shit about Lifetime? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Obviously, like, this, the cream still will rise. Like, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a horrible thing. You can't take it away from people. I, I'm, like, talking like the executive. I'm like, actually, you know Yeah, what? yeah, you're like, oh, we got the studio's <laughs> representative As someone here. that was a writer-producer <laughs> for F-Boy Island. Yeah, oh, my God, which, by the way, I loved that show. Yeah, a computer can never do what I did. I don't. I agree. I completely Maybe agree. Maybe not. Actually, you know what? I've asked ChatGPT. I did a segment here where I would ask, have it ask uh, comics questions, like ChatGPT. 
and people actually I hate it. Do you they have to subscribe it. to ChatGPT? No. Oh, no. I thought you did. I am always like the last person to any technology, so I haven't even fired that up. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty helpful. Like, if you want, like, let's say you want to, whatever it is, like, oh, give me a program for a half marathon and break it up in charts. Did you do that? Yeah, and then I'll just go. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. I don't know. The other thing in the news, the Met Gala, which I don't know how I I, I feel about it. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I make fun of it so much, and then you, if you get invited, you go, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't give a shit about them, but gal, it's really uninteresting to me, but I would 100% go if they invited me. Um, I just don't care, but the one thing I did like is uh, Anne Hathaway's look. She was just incredible, and because I am still have just so much revenge in my heart for everyone turning on her for five to six years for absolutely no reason, just hating her. And I'm like, she's a legend, and I love every time she comes back and fucking <laughs> slays for you fuckers. Why did she, why did people turn on her? No reason. That's just what happens in this, like, yeah. it happens more, way more to women than men. But, like, when someone gets really big, yeah, people turn on them. Like, um, Amy Schumer, Tiffany Haddish, you know, it definitely happened to Dane Cook, I think. I think I can't remember, but like I think it's just oversaturation. Well, yeah, you, know, you eventually plateau, and the only way to go is down. You know, it's so hard to like. But keep... I think it's like you get put everywhere, so people see you everywhere, yeah. and then they get kind of tired of you it. You get tired of it. Yeah, I mean, it happens to. I mean, so many people who we don't think it happened to. There's like so many artists, like musicians and shit. You're like, nah, they. They're still killing. They've always killed it. It's like they haven't put out one new song in 20 years, you know, or like a song that like has gone been a hit. But you forget that. Oh, no, they have already like gone down. You know what I mean? Like, I think you even don't even realize how many people's careers are. You you can't stay on top forever. But that's also a different thing than people like making a hate campaign towards you. And that being, you know, which is what happened to Anne, which I'm still pissed about. Well, fucking. I mean, I'm sure if we can get this podcast going, we could get behind <laughs> her and it'll never happen again. She's doing great now. People like know what they did. She's like resurrected herself, you know, but there is something about the Met Gala where it's like for charity and it's like the most I narcissistic like visuals I've ever seen in my life of the louder it is, the more attention it gets and everyone wants to be talked about. And you just see the most absurd thing, and, and then part, and then the other part of me as like the artist part of me is like, oh, that's actually kind of cool because you never see that. Oh yeah, I mean, but I'm great. like torn between like I hate everything about this and like actually it's kind of <laughs> mine cool. is like I don't have any hate towards it. I just like don't care. I don't feel the pull towards it like a lot of people. Yeah, Doja Cat was just a cat. She's actually she cool. She does yeah. cool shit. You know what I like about her? She's just so goofy. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's always doing weird, weird shit. And then uh, Kylie Jenner is apparently with Timothy Chalamet. We have thoughts on that? Yeah, that's wild. Wild. <laughs> I just I just wrote a writing packet, and this was one of the topical things I talked about. Yeah. But I was like, she looks like his hot older babysitter that dropped him off at high school to look cool to make help make him look cool don't you think he is goofy he's definitely goofy 
So there's a meme of a chicken hand on a on a leg, and they're like, "Look at them at the, the, the Met Gala." It's just a little. Actually, Timothy Timothy didn't end up going, but yeah, I don't know. There is something about like she seems like a boss bitch, and he just seems like a bitch with a boss now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it that way because I mean she is a boss bitch. Obviously, she had like teams of people around her to help her build that company, and like an innate setup to market to millions and millions of people as a slam dunk, you know? Yeah. But he, like I was Googling quotes, like he's a serious, serious, like theater kid, serious actor. And all his quotes are like about like existentialism and like <laughs> all this yeah. stuff. He's the type of guy that when he was like 20 or something, you one of those kids in Brooklyn, you'd see them carrying infinite Jess on the train <laughs> yeah, yeah, for just sure. to be seen with like a 700 page, like unreadable book. Yes. You 100%. know, 100 percent. And he went to like a uh, Juilliard kind of high school. Yeah. Uh, like his whole life has been that. I guess the idea is that you don't want to date comics and Timothy's done with it. Fucking intense actresses you probably know what I mean? he wants I, something different i saw know? that he went to columbia for one year but then he said it was like ruining his like purity or something um and because really? i've heard that he gave everyone chlamydia <laughs> i really did hear that really yeah he gave whoa whole so floor timothy fucks a lot of apparently. whoa well yeah. that makes sense you know what's funny is like but he's like such a little guy like she would I she's a lot of woman for a tiny tiny but those tiny guys usually pack thick hogs maybe they do I don't know what it is any porn where the guy's ass is really small you can barely see it he just turns around and has a piece on him god that's brutal that you have to exchange any semblance of an ass for a piece yeah but yeah, yeah. he, 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 he <laughs> He is an incredible actor, though, and also has insane charisma. Like, I don't know what he would be like to hang out with. Like, a lot of those actors seem so weird as hell, and they're so self-serious, yeah. Yeah. which is the hardest part about them. But, like, I remember, and this is also hysterical that this was my take from the movie Little Women Celebrating Women, but that was the first movie where I saw him, and I was like, I think I get it. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was like, Timothy. I was like, I felt a little twitch, a twinge. Yeah, I mean, him in uh, where he fucks the peach. I was like, I don't know. I would eat that peach, you know? No. That movie was incredible. <laughs> it was a good movie. Yeah, and I now mean, Army Hammer is a uh, cannibal, but. Yeah, I mean. What a turn, huh? He, uh, we were, when we did F-Boy Island, we were in the Cayman Islands, and he lives down there hilarious yeah, was that after he'd gotten in trouble mm -hmm. and you saw him it was like right during it and i saw his wife and kid and i yeah. just like wanted to i didn't want to say anything to her but it's like a small island and you're just like i've never been there but her quotes about him now like anytime she's asked about him and she's like <laughs> <laughs> well, he, she's like that's oh, fuck he's fucking insane like yeah. yeah i mean it's weird then to think like timothy obviously knows him pretty intimately or like whatever like i wonder yeah he never had to have, you would think that he would have been more uh asked about it and like like forced to talk about it i think that timothy is a level of actor is at a level high enough where he has a team around him that says he won't answer any questions about that yeah. You know, where someone lower level would be forced to. Yeah, there is a there is 
a line where you get to where you're like an pretty much untouchable. Um, Wait, so how do you like LA? That's what I want to know. Um, I never like thought that you would move out here. There's so many East Coast people that they're like, I'll never move out there. I don't can. I mean, I consider myself Florida more than New York. Then when I was like, especially living in St. Louis for a couple of years, it was kind of like, um, you know, when you eat ginger in between a sushi roll. <laughs> <laughs> did you like St. Louis? It seemed like you did. There are things I like about it. I like the simplicity of it. I like the. I don't compare. I like if a comic buddy came in town, I'd jump on and do like 10, 15. I'd be on the road a lot. I know you were on the road the whole time, but and I kind of lived this kind of I just played golf and I just I I wasn't part of the industry. I didn't even think about. Yeah, that. but I mean, a lot of people, the industry wasn't even really happening during that time. That's true. You know what I mean? But, you know, when, I guess when I was picking back up, then I guess I thought about it a little bit of being like, I'm in St. Louis. And so, yeah, so I guess. Yeah. So but I think the choice was to go back to New York or to come here and. I didn't want to have to like retrace my steps in New York and it was exciting to do something fresh mm -hmm. and new. Um, I and I do f especially feel that way now that I'm like four or five months here, like literally like within the last two, I was really depressed. Like I was really fucked up. I told you that though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm from California and I tell this to every comic, like Greta and I, hated our first year and we like already knew what we were getting into it's just such an adjustment yeah and life stuff like it was just i was just really fucked up in the head yeah and then um yeah i don't know last month i've just been able to like i didn't go on the road as much and i was just like oh i could just breathe and I'm, i don't know like just trying to have like a different different view i, th I think when i moved here i was like i want to i want to take on the world and, like, I want it to happen now because I was coming out of another situation. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're uh, dating someone and then you break up and then you're like, I'll show you by fucking going out with fucking someone even hotter, you know? Yeah, or, like, I mean, someone even more cool. I don't think like that, but, yeah. Yeah, you've never thought like that, ever. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's how I came into L.A. at first. Right. And now I'm like, I went through that stage of, like, making mistakes, you know? And then you're like, oh. Now I can just breathe and yeah, things are good. I mean, I can. Yeah. Um, well, when I go to New York once a year, I like never go back. Every time I run into New York people, they're always like, wow, you really bounced, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I go back, I always like get on the plane, like shaking, like, oh my God, that place is so intense. It's hard to believe. Like I lived there for almost six years. Like it's, it was, seems like a different lifetime. But now I think about lifestyle and I'm like, this is just so much nicer and slower. And I don't want to do three sets a night. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I want to do TV and TV's here. And my yeah. family's here and trees are here. Dude, your family being here must be fucking incredible. Like the fact that you can do this job and then still have that like feeling of, you know, whatever, of family, of like being able to step away, go get a home cooked meal. Yeah, it is hug really your nice. Mom. That's fuck dude. I would love I mean that that's the one thing I miss. I feel like I'm on a, a lot of people feel like they're on an island out here. Wherever you move, but especially here. Because you are essentially thousands of miles away from family. Yeah, that's how I did I feel like that about a little bit in New York. Like whenever something was going wrong, that would be my first thought. I'm so far away from my family. Why am I? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Um, even though things are complicated with my family, but I still love them a lot. Well, I guess a lot of people, especially comedians. I feel like the older I get, the less complicated. You just make it less complicated. You're like, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And ego has dropped with my parents. You know, like I always, I had obviously a troubled childhood with my parents and stuff. And, but yeah, no, the older I get, it's like, there's, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, what, why are we, why are we making it complicated? Why are we arguing? Why are we like making like who, where, with my family, a lot of times, because they're divorced, whenever I went home, it's, whose house are you at right. more? And it's like, we're just counting oh, hours. Oh, that's really frustrating. Shit like that. That's yeah. hard. That's yeah. really hard. For me, my complication, most of it stems from, they don't want me to be a comedian. They don't like me being a comedian. And so, they every time I go down there, I'm not kidding. They literally will dead seriously be like, when are you going to get that, give that up and move down here? Like they don't really acknowledge my career and they just, they don't like understand a dream or like support it. And like they're, so I'm always feeling that pull to like go against who I am because all they want is me married and pregnant down there. And that's even harder in my psyche because that is also something I want not to move down there. But I also want something that they want me to have. And there's pressure that I don't have that yet because I've been chasing this thing. It's complicated. I mean, that yeah, dude, if someone can't, you know, I get I get it. Your dad, it, it comes from love. It comes from fear for you. It's a lot of my mom. It's also yeah. my brother. It's all my dad. But they're, they're also projecting that like if you find those things, if you get a husband and a kid now, you'll really be happy. Like there's like this old school mentality of like that's the only idea of happiness is through those things. Well, also Orange County and, you know, um, probably from where you're from, but it's extremely conservative. Yeah. I didn't grow up you know there's not like a lot of women more now but like i didn't grow up around many women with careers like stuff like that like you know the the thought of a woman um being complete without those things is kind of inconceivable to them it, it's just they don't yeah. they can't even understand it well, i guess the cool thing is you can be that independent woman and also have i could do it my way things. yeah and you god willing it. jesus christ yeah, and you know what? If it doesn't, if this dream doesn't, like, it's you didn't fail by any means, and it's not like you're like, oh, now I'm going to do, a, you know, you don't want to do it out of spite either. You don't want to be like, fuck you, mom and dad. I'm not I gonna, wouldn't do yeah. that. I'm too low energy for that shit. Are you kidding yeah. me? Oh, yeah. my God. No, I still like it. I think it's going well, and these things take time, and, um, yeah, yeah, I like it. I enjoy it. And I also think, like, I'm not built like I don't know about life without like some sort of passion. Like, I don't know what would happen, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. How do you? Yeah, I was never passionate about anything other than sports. And then that goes away. Yeah. You know? But not saying like I couldn't be happy because like I used, you know, I think when you start comedy and for many years, it's a compulsion. And for many of the people we know, it still is a compulsion. They're like, I don't feel good if I dunk yeah. it on stage. And I'm like, I can't relate to you at all. You yeah, know, me neither. but I'm glad to have that balance now to realize that there's much more to life than comedy because I didn't really have that balance for the first seven years before the pandemic because you're just trying so hard to survive and make it that you don't even have any perspective because you're so tunnel vision. And now it's like nice to have. Yeah, man, I, I think like with anything with like a passion um, and your parents don't support it, I, I feel like 
sometimes you'll want to rebel and be like, fuck you. Or you'll, and then, or like you won't approach it in a mature way of being like, well, here are the steps of where <laughs> I can be yeah. and, and try to at least organize whatever your passion is where you can, you don't have to convince your parents, but you could also have like a, I feel like I would ignore the conversation rather than being like, well, here. Defending yourself. Yeah. 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 No, that's something I definitely had to learn. Oh, my God. Because it was hard celebrating big wins by myself and also dealing with big losses by myself. You know, it's not like I could. It's not like when I'm doing a late night set or get cast on a TV show. My, I'm having a celebration dinner with my family, or they're even acknowledging it, or even excited to watch it, or anything oh, like that. Dude, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. What sucks too is like, and again, it's like any. It's not just comedy, but like if you have a loss, and you're trying to do something that is hard. And then you tell the person that you had a loss. They go, "Well, real estate schools." A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, that's not what I'm coming to you for. Yeah, I'm coming yeah. for just support and for you to listen, not to like take this as an opportunity to switch my career or switch my life. Oh yeah, then you're already that adds on top of what yeah. you're already dealing with. So that's hard. You have to learn that stuff along the way, like what you share and what you expect, and like you know, I can't go to them expecting them to be like i'm so proud of you i watched your show and it was awesome you know like any of that oh shoot um, control <laughs> no <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i guess yeah i i think that you're doing great and oh, i think thank you. i think that there's only good things in store for you i feel like a m momentum thing for you and i think like honestly when you stop now that you're like maybe focused on some other shit and yeah. you don't feel as thirsty for anything, life sometimes is all right. You're ready to, you're ready yeah. for the treat, and it's a it's a weird thing. I mean, you're not any less than because you're not where you're at where you want to be now. Yeah, you know, and and when you're there, you'll be ready. And I know you're so zen, Andrew. I'm also so proud of you. You also done so many amazing things like in the last five years. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to be. Uh, You've grown a lot. This is much different perspective than. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People have been telling me that. I'm like, how fucking bad was I before? No, it's not that. It's just it's truly. This job is so atypical for people to understand what it is like as an adult when shit gets real and you yeah. have to support yourself and it's not some fun, dumb thing you're trying out as a young 20s person when it's your life. You know, it gets real. And so there's a whole, I mean, it's a real mental battle to. For sure. Yeah. Dude, we just got to be boogie boards with fins, dude. We just we just need a couple fins and life will be all right. Brother, I'm going to send you some fins so that you don't get caught next time. Dude, I don't want to be caught. Eight dude. to ten, brother, with no fins. <laughs> My brother's got a death wish out here. Who am I, RJ, dude? Who are you, RJ? <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. It was the time of my life. <laughs> Great to be back with my pal. Remember, don't speed in the manatee zone. <laughs> <laughs>